Yo, okay, so before we begin the episode, I want to invite you guys to the Club Kwentong Creatives launch. So finally, magkaka-event ng Kwentong Creatives. I've been planning this for a long time and I'm finally happy to get previous guests of the pod and get artists together in one space and I'm so excited to meet everyone. So I'm saying it here, um, March 23 at the Balcony Music House, Makati. Save the date. There's going to be live performances. There's going to be a live podcast with audience Q&As featuring some of our previous guests. And there's going to be a launch of official KC merch and many more. So stay tuned to the KC channels for more details. So I also want to talk about something I'm excited to go to, and that is the Wonderland Music Festival, right? So what better way to spend your weekend than in the company of your favorite artists and favorite people? This March 9 and 10, Wonderland Music and Arts Festival is back with a slate of artists all over the world featuring Jack Johnson, Thundercat, Huasa, Novo Amor, PJ Morton, The Walters, and more. 22 musical acts and 5 creative artists for 2 whole days. So bring a wonder buddy, relax, and feel the comfort of songs that hit close to home at the Philinvest City Events Grounds, Alabang. Get your tickets now at wonderlandfest.com. I know I'm gonna be there. We might bump into each other, so if we do, come say hi. And yeah, see you guys at Wonderland. Hi, I'm Gia Puyat, and this is Kwentong Creatives. A podcast to get to know the stories, strategies, and lessons of Filipino creatives across different fields. Kwentong Creatives is produced by Anima Podcasts. I really, really strongly believe that if you're putting yourself into your work, that that is only going to bring you closer to um, doing something that will reach everyone in probably unexpected ways. Alright, so that was Lauren Sai, one of the main speakers of Graphica Manila. And she was really a huge highlight for me from that Graphica weekend. And we will get to her later, but this is a really special episode of Quentin Creatives. I'm kind of treating it like a mini audio documentary um, because this is our episode on Graphica Manila 2024. And if you're not familiar with Graphica Manila, it is uh, basically a conference. So it's a conference on creativity that they hold every year. And a lot of creatives who've been on the show, a lot of people who listen to the pod have been going consistently. But ako first time ko actually. So this was kind of a special experience for me. And um, I left it actually pretty creatively energized and inspired. So that's what I wanted to do for this episode. Share that feeling with you guys and share some of the key insights I took from different speakers and also meet some of the people that we encountered during the, the conference. So may mga listeners from KC, people from the KC community who were kind enough to be interviewed. Um, there were past guests that we also ran into. So that's what this episode is gonna be. Isipin mo para siyang cliff notes, I guess. Sa mga hindi naka-attend or people who want to relive that experience. This is my best attempt at summarizing all the learnings and the energy that I got from Graphica Manila. Okay, so the first thing I noticed when I walked into SMX Convention Center was that creative energy in the air. Now, you had a lot of young people who were students or people who wanted to get into the creative industries. You had fans of artists. You had seasoned creative professionals. 
And I actually posted that we were going to go in the KC Community Facebook group. And some people were also going. So we made a Graphica GC. And we were able to organize some stuff. I bumped into some people from the KC Community. And it was just like a whole spectrum of different creative people that I want to share with you guys. And sobrang nagpapasalamat ako kasi game sila sa mga ambush interview ko. So let's meet some of these people that I met in the conference. Cyrus, uh, graphic designer. Arolin, multimedia artist. Hi, my name is Joshua, pero since marami na ng Joshua sa mundo, I prefer to be called Kaplan. Yeah. Ano yung ibig Little brother. Kapatid na maliit. I'm a graphic designer, illustrator. Uh, RV from Iloilo. So you're RV, what do you do? Um, uh, I'm a freelance graphic designer, brand designer, and also musician. What's the name of your band? Aviators Manila. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Aviators Manila. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, CJ Martin. CJ, what do you I do online editing, VFX, and motion graphics. AC Bautista. I'm a muralist and a visual artist. So you told me you worked on a mural mm-hmm. here in the building. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, I just wanted to bring color at the side of the building of Moa Square slash IKEA building. And so nice that, you know, people are looking at it every day when they pass by the building. And uh, it's so nice lang din na I get to apply my style and my, my, my design philosophies yeah. or whatever. And so nice then to meet other creatives. And I hope sa Grafika soon magkaroon ng more speakers na that talk about um, murals. And maybe someday ako naman, oh, ako naman yeah, mag-speak, mag-speak naman. Ingrid. Ingrid, what do you do for a living? Um, ano ako? Freelance editor. But now, I do a lot of things. So, I sew on the side. Uh, I want to try UGC creation. And then, I draw. I paint. Kaya ngayon nandito ako sa Graphica Manila. Hello, Graphica Manila. <laughs> ano? Kasi gusto ko bumalik sa pag-draw. I love to, I want to pursue illustration na rin talaga. Yeah, so kita mo ang daming iba-ibang tao na may kanya-kanyang dahilan to be at Grafica. And it was just, you really felt the energy in the air and it was really exciting to be there. So I didn't only run into listeners of the podcast, but also some of our previous guests. So I am in Grafica, Manila, 2024. With our former guest on KC, Rob Chow. What's up, oh. Rob? Hey, and I'm at Grafica with your host, uh, Gio. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. that is me. So, like, I always love going still and like feeling the energy. Yeah. It's always so inspirational to see like all these people come together and see like people in our industry, potential people who are gonna be on stage, and like it's just yeah, I enjoy seeing this and seeing what kind of community we're in. And I also bumped into the two illustrators, Jappy Agoncillo and Rocco Ruiz, ang dalawang mag-best friend. And I actually had to part through a crowd of fans kasi dinadumog si Jappy for autographs. Um, so, I finally caught both of you together, man. Like, I interviewed right. you guys separately. Jappy over a ball for some to meet you in person. Rocco face-to-face. At, at the studio, yeah. So, mag-best friend ba talaga kayo? Uh, no, we, we do that just for the fans. We don't actually know each other. Yeah, we're, we're mortal enemies, actually. Um, when people started pairing us together, we're like, okay, this is a good marketing opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> love team lang. But yeah, I love team. team. Yeah, I love team. In a few years, we'll break. Uh, 
Parang catnail. Individual posts. Wala nang Jacko. Can I get the scoop? The first, the last interviewer. The last interviewer. Who's supposed to be the first? And so after meeting a bunch of people, we tried to get to our seats to find a good spot because the speakers were about to start. And that was really the main event and the reason for the conference because they got this huge selection of really talented creatives from all around the world and you know willing to share their insight and knowledge for the crowd. You know, it's just really it resonates with me because this is why I do the podcast, right? Um, so I'm gonna start talking about each talk that I was able to attend. Kayan medyo may disclaimer kasi hindi ko na attend lahat ng talk. So I was only able to make it like to the half of each day. So yeah, this is really the meat of all the wisdom I got from the weekend. So let's start with the talk that started the whole conference. And this is from Jethro Olba, who is an illustrator and a designer. And I'm actually a fan of his work. Um, I love the illustrations he does. Uh, basketball-inspired, 90s-inspired artworks. And he actually did the main logo and design for Graphica this year. I'm also a fan of the work he does for the band Bird. So I want to get him on the pod someday, actually. Anyway, his talk was on embracing and evolving your creative identity. So sana balitaan ko, sobrang relatable yung talk ni Jethro. Let's hear from Rocco and RV on what they thought about this talk. Yeah, and actually, yesterday, I was able to see Jethro's talk. I really li- liked it because it's very nostalgic, very 90s driven, and I'm a sucker uh, for that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I really enjoyed Jethro's talk yesterday. Yeah, so a bunch of people said Jethro's, I know. Yeah, so and it was chill, very chill, relatable, which is why I think a lot of kids will resonate with it. Yeah. Right. Jethro, Jethro Olbas. Because I know as like a, an aspiring um, artist and uh, uh, industry professional, like, I like hearing success stories from different artists and I like to hear about their failures as well. And quantum mm-hmm. creatives as well. It's like one of the like I the question I you know like your favorite failure. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I really look uh, look forward to that segment of the of the pod because like so related. Oh shit man. Yeah. 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 House yesterday they showed their like failure reel. I yeah. saw that. Yeah, like that super awesome. solid. Yeah. I wish I could fail like them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next was a talk by Riot Inc. given by Mr. Jay Santiago. So this was about visual effects and their talk was titled Building a Legacy of Voltis 5 Story. And I think nagpakita sila ng mga sneak peeks into their Voltis 5 work. In just 14 years, Riot has transformed a simple idea into a remarkable reality. Despite the challenges posed by an ongoing pandemic, they have successfully reimagined the iconic 1977 robot Voltis 5. Their story symbolizes perseverance and highlights their unyielding spirit to overcome limitations and create a lasting legacy. So let's hear from Arolyn, who really enjoyed the riot talk. Ako na, tapos syempre iba-iba sila ng story. Pero yung tumadak sa akin yung riot, yung gumawa po ng, ng Voltis 5. Kasi ano eh, yung sinabi, parang natanong siya kung... But hindi nawawala yung fate niya kasi yung Voltis 5 parang 10 years before pa nila nagawa. Ngayon lang na-establish. Tapos sabi niya, kung gusto niya yung ginagawa niya, magpapatuloy siya. So parang nakaka-inspiring yun na syempre hindi naman everyday motivated eh. So ang ganda nung example niya na yun para sa Next up is a talk that I'm sad I missed because I heard it was really good. It was a talk by Happy Karahe. And um, they're an art and illustration group, and their talk was on stories and friendship. 
So here's Rob on why he enjoyed the Happy Garage talk. Anything that stood out to you? Oh, um, definitely love Happy Garage. And they did a really interesting um, reflection on what it means to be a creative, what it means to be a part of community. Really check them out. Okay, so next is a talk na naabutan ka naman. And I really enjoyed this talk by The Acid House. Sina Ivan and Pauline Despi. So I'll just read a quick intro so you guys have some context on who they are. The Acid House, led by power couple Ivan and Pauline Despi, is a motion design and animation company specializing in live-action compositing and motion graphics. Their team comprises of talented directors, designers, illustrators, animators, and sound designers who collaborate to bring creative visions to life. With a focus on serving clients in the broadcast, music, and commercial industries, the Acid House offers a wide range of services. So I've actually been a fan of their work for years. I sent some inquiries before, but never got the chance to develop the project with them. But I still really look forward to getting the chance to, to work with them because I really love their work. So ito na yung part na gusto ko i-share yung mga notes ko no, on each talk. And... Unfortunately, Dita's Acid House, I wasn't able to get clear audio. But for the other talks, um, I was able to sit next to a speaker and get some good audio clips. So heads up lang, Dita's a first set of these talks. Wala pang mga audio clips. But in the others, I'll be adding some excerpts along with my notes. Okay, so the first point that I wanted to highlight from the Acid House talk is starting before you're ready. And I think that's an idea that resonates with a lot of us. And they started talking about one of their early projects, which was a TV patrol opening billboard. So that is an employee of EBS-CBN. And they saw there was this bid to pitch for the motion graphics for that opening part of TV patrol. No? And kapitch nila, kalaban nila yung ibang mga established studios. But they decided that they were going to do it. Um, they set up their business in a really short time, and they just kind of went for it before they were ready. And buti na lang, you know, it worked out, and that eventually paved the way to other clients, ANC, Rappler, and it was a nice example of designing minimalist executions by a maximalist aesthetic. So sila yung acid house, if you look at their work, it's very maximalist na they. It's really an expression of a lot of elements. And it's just nice to see that the roots came from something as minimalist as designing for news. The next point that resonated with me was that small things lead to bigger things. You know, it sounds pretty obvious and trite, no? but magandang example ni Ivan. Eh, kasi nag-share siya ng um, example of this personal project that he used to do. Yung 36 Days of Type. So it's just like a, a personal project where he uses his design skills to make different versions of type for the alphabet. And he did this one design for the letter Q, which he illustrated like a dragon. And cut to a few years later, he was contacted by Adobe and they told him, hey, I want something like this for us. And they pointed to that Q Dragon illustration. And eventually, he ended up making the splash screen for Adobe Muse in 2018. And just think of how crazy that is where 
he started from a personal project and it ended up on the opening screen for a software that you know millions of people around the world opened and even further adobe creative cloud asked him to illustrate something similar in 2019 so just really the power of these small mundane projects that you know you think or you're just doing for fun could actually lead to significant client work the next thing that they talked about was the importance on artistic outlets. So, hindi lang sila panay trabaho, nagsasubmit din sila sa mga art galleries, sa exhibits, they went to the Singapore GIF Fest, you know, aside from adding to your network of creatives and artists, you know, the work that you do outside work is just as important as quote-unquote real work. Um, and that resonates with me as someone who likes to do a lot of hobbies outside work, outside even creative things like like fitness and, you know, just a bunch of other things. Because they talked about this concept of an experience library, right? It informs your voice and your identity as an artist. It makes it unique, right? Um, they shared some slides about how their employees at Acid House do all kinds of things, and they really encourage that. Uh, they do running, they do frisbee, mga fans na anime, uh, they do hiking. So, you know, all these things that we do are like convergence points that feed creativity, and everything is part of your research. So, ang ganda nun. And lastly, the thing I wanted to bring up about Acid House was their talk about failure. So, you know, as you guys know, that's something I love asking guests. And it was just really cool to see a group as successful as Acid House share something that they called their fail compilation. So ang ganda, di ba? Kasi hindi lang siya panay flex, alam mo yan. Nagpakita din sila ng 16 years worth of rejected, denied, abandoned projects. And that was such a nice thing to see. It felt like a special moment for the audience because, you know, it was like a demo reel of failed projects and... I, I just love that, you know, it just shows everyone that it's not a straight path, but We all kind of assume na parang perfect diagonal graph chart siya na packet. Pero likely, diba, may, may minsan, mababa talaga, minsan tataas. And I love that it showed the humility. It showed that there are unsexy parts of creative work, diba? Times where you feel like shit. And times, and they also said there are multiple times where you will be asked to quit, diba? Um, and you know it just matters if you show up to do the work and they left us with this line that I remembered and it said that none of us are ready for change but we have to adapt so start something now right so let's just hear from Cyrus who also loved the talk uh, yung one slide nila about failure na it's okay to fail yung na-realize ko dun is Hindi naman everyday perfect. Mm. Tapos, it's okay. Uh, yung failure mo is, yun yung magiging learnings mo. Okay, so next talk that I got to watch was of Ryan Serrano of Weta FX. And here's a quick background of who Ryan is. Ryan Serrano is a talented digital modeler from the Philippines who takes pride in his exceptional skills in creating digital models for films and collectibles. Currently based in New Zealand, he holds the position of modeler slash sculptor at Weta FX, 
where he contributes to the production of CGI characters and creatures for movies. Throughout his impressive 12-year career in the arts, Ryan has had the privilege of working on renowned brands such as Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, Marvel, DC, Transformers, Disney, James Cameron's Avatar, and many more. Ayan, so grabe yung portfolio ni Ryan. Talagang dream job siya for a lot of people in the audience. And his talk was about the art of achieving goals. And um, speaking of goals, he started his talk by saying that in 2014, he was in the same room, listening to the same speakers. So, sobrang full circle moment for Ryan. Um, Pinag-usapan din niya yung mga humble beginnings niya. So, lumaki siya dito. Um, and he showed us this cute photo of when yung mga early models na ginagawa niya sa mga sipit ng sampayan. <laughs> ginagawa niya mga toys and trinkets. And it was just nice to see, you know, a Filipino come full circle to like working on the highest level of 3D modeling. He started work actually at Riot as a digital artist, and then he took a risk to study in New Zealand and eventually got hired to work there. And now he lives there, so he lives in freaking Middle Earth, so sobrang solid, diba? So another interesting thing Ryan brought up was the art of 3D modeling. And I guess that doesn't really come as a fully informed field for a lot of us here because, you know, it's such a complicated art form. But basically, 3D modeling is like digital sculpting. No, it's like he works with a concept artist, so usually someone who draws and imagines these monsters, these creatures, or, or, or worlds with 2D designs. And then Ryan executes all of the angles of the design in 3D. So it's a whole, like, a, it's an extension of, of concept art now. And ang galing lang, he was able to show the whole pipeline of a 3D model is actually, like, the seed of a lot of these big effects movies because from the 3D model, it branches out into the basis for VFX teams, for special effects, and even toys. So super important yung ginagawa niyang work. He even showed some of the monsters that he worked on on Guardians of the Galaxy and and his personal interactions with James Cameron. It, it was pretty cool. And lastly, he finished his talk about achieving goals. In no, parang he gave us an idea of where he came from. He showed this fan art he did of Baby Groot, that character from Guardians in 2014. So fan art lang ha. And Cut to 2023, there he is actually designing the actual Alpha Groot from Guardians Volume 3. And he attributes, you know, that growth to his values, right? His foundations, not only in his art, but in his character too. So I think, you know, that's that's a nice takeaway, you know, just stay true to your values, um, be a good guy to work with. And that's something that kept coming up even with other speakers in the talk. He also brought up the three G's, no? So, first one is grit. So, grit is your ability to tap into courage and determination despite the difficulty of what you're going through. He talked about growth, right? How do you increase in amount or your value of importance with these things that you're doing? And he made this really nice point that stuck with me where he said, dreams lie past the fear zone and nothing grows in the comfort zone. That kind of resonated with me because I kind of have experience in that field, no? trying to get past 
the fear zone. But you know, that's that's where the gold is, that's where the dreams are. And the last G was gratitude. So it's the quality of being thankful, you know. Um, I think it's what helps us stay consistent and stick to the work we're doing if we have the ability to take a step back and find gratitude. So yeah, and that was Ryan Serrano of Weta FX. He's a super cool guy. Um, nagpa-picture kami after we had a quick chat too. He's super friendly. And he's actually a friend of CJ, the online editor who you heard from earlier. So yeah, really cool guy. Okay, so next is a set of talks from day two naman. And some honorable mentions, some talks that I missed in the early part of day two are one from Friendly Foes, okay, Mark Mendoza. Um, I'm a fan of their studio. I, I do want to get to talk to them someday. Um, but they just come up with really creative, colorful, and just like really standout animation. And I really would have loved to see what they talked about. But I heard it was pretty good. And next one is from Risa Rodil. So she's an illustrator and graphic designer. And this was a talk that my friends were raving about. Um, first of all, sinasabi nila na ang galing niya mag-present. As in, talagang nag-stand out. And ang ganda ng presentation niya, which was titled, Embrace Your Weird to Make Authentic Work, which I love. And I, I just love that concept, no? embracing your weird and finding your voice. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to see her talk, but I am following her and, you know, uh, seeing what she'll come up with. But I was able to get her work. It was a poster that she was giving away. Uh, beautiful typography, and I especially love the quote she put on the poster. It said, Don't ever be ashamed of loving the strange things that make your weird little heart happy. From Elizabeth Gilbert. So, yeah, that's really cool. Okay, next up is one of my personal highlights from this whole weekend, and that was a talk by Benjamin Sue. So here's a quick background of who Benjamin Sue is. Benjamin Sue is the directing animator at Pixar Animation Studios. He brings characters to life with a unique blend of skill, vision, and passion. Ben stands out as a key player, contributing to his expertise in the magic that unfolds on the big screen. His role as directing animator at Pixar showcases his mastery in the art of movement, emotion, and storytelling through animation. So this one was really special because he was showing us some behind-the-scenes looks at some of the most iconic animated films ever, like Toy Story, um, Finding Nemo, um, some of my personal favorites too, like Up... um, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, Turning Red. So it, it was really special. No? Um, he first talked about his history. No? He, he grew up in Taiwan, moved to Canada, and he dreamed of being an animator at Disney. No? But something happened where the conditions around his dream changed and he had to adapt. My dream at the time was to work for Disney. And 2002, they shut down their 2D division uh, because computer animation was coming. Um, Pixar was working on Incredibles. Many, uh, DreamWorks was doing Mega Gastar. Uh, Blue Sky just came out with Ice Age 1. Computer animation was just booming. And 2D, unfortunately, 
um, in North America was diminishing. So uh, I didn't really have much of a choice at the time. So I decided to go back to school, took a year of computer animation. Yeah, so that's just something I wanted to highlight that kind of circles back with something Benjamin's going to talk about later. And it's about persistence, right? You know, just not being afraid to take that leap and being okay if the plan changes somehow and just kind of still going for it even if there are unforeseen circumstances. Okay, so another thing I really loved about Benjamin's talk was his clarification on what an animator actually does for their job. Um, I mean, you just have this image of someone just being at their desk all day and, you know, drawing or something. But he shares that he, he kind of, when he was doing the work for Pixar, he said that I didn't realize this is what an animator does. Because he shared us some side-by-side videos of the final shot in the film. It was a shot from Turning Red. And it, there's a side-by-side comparison of a whole movie that he shot where he was acting out what the character was supposed to do. And he was just filming himself on lang siya, and they shot it during the pandemic. It looks super janky. But his point was that to be an animator, you kind of have to be observant. No? You have to study life. You have to study poses and mannerisms and kind of build this bank for your character. So he talks about it here. I didn't realize animators were actually actors. They're performers. Um, I didn't realize my job was to actually convince the audience that these skeletons, these toys, cars are alive and they have emotional, uh, uh, they have complex emotions, different personalities, so that the audience will relate to them and hopefully cry towards the end of the film. Ayun, so he shared a bunch of those scenes and it was really nice to see um, some of his home videos. He even also filmed his daughter so he could get the movements of a toddler for Toy Story 4. Um, he filmed something of himself for Coco. And I just love seeing that extra effort that these animators put out to add their personal touch, to add life you know, into their films. And he said something also nice where he said that animation is a caricature of life. You know? So anyone who you know, wants to get into animation there, that's, that's a nice tip. Um, something else that I really loved was where he showed us the process of finding movement for characters. And in this case... He talked about Duke Kaboom, the toy stuntman from Toy Story 3, who was voiced by Keanu Reeves. Um, it was really nice because Duke Kaboom is like this really comedic character. And he was showing us where he pulled inspiration from. And it's really from the most random places. Um, I, I, we can just go look at it on YouTube, the Duke Kaboom scene. But he, he got poses from yoga he tried to find like the, the funniest yoga poses he even googled this like indian motorcycle stunt man which is like hilarious because you know there are people who really do that in real life and he was also watching footage of the of the voice actor of keanu reeves acting out the expressions of duke kaboom and it was just so nice to see how such a technical job of animating can pull from all these random weird sources in order to give a good performance. Um, next up was industry advice. So very practical stuff from Benjamin. He talked about networking. 
he said that your colleagues in school are important. So that's something that comes up with the guests of the pod too. And especially in creative work like this, referrals are huge. So let's say you did a good job on one project. The people who you were associated with on that one can recommend you for another one. So that makes kind of working with a good attitude really important, you know, because you want to be, you know, uh, a good hang. <laughs> in the first place. And also, it would be good to have a solid demo reel. So that's where the hard work comes in. Build your reel. And also persistence in timing. No? Um, sometimes timing is all it takes to get a new job. But also the persistence of doing your research. No? He, he gave a good tip where, let's say, you really love this movie or this, this published art. You, you, you know, put in the extra time to look for the names of these people who worked on these movies and find them on social media, follow them, and just go down that rabbit hole. And another thing he brought up was his work in Marvel. So he actually got into Marvel at the latter stage of his career after working in Pixar for years. And for some reason, he just thought nah, you know, it, it wasn't for him or Marvel wouldn't accept him. But it shows that you know, it helps to just ask. So he literally just Googled you know, how to email Marvel. And it turns out that Marvel already knew his work and they just didn't think he was interested. So... It's another story about just asking for things, no? And going for your dream, right? Sabi ni Jay-Z, closed mouths don't get fed, no? So ask for something, right? And um, it was just nice to see that childhood dream realized. And that, that's kind of something that resonated for me too, na, um, you know, I, I do a lot of work uh, creatively, but also I want to connect to the things that made my childhood self happy, no? And lastly, I'll just leave you with some of the takeaways Benjamin ended his talk with. Um, don't be afraid to take a leap. Uh, if you're curious about something, and if you think there's something that, if that thing makes it look like you're going to have a lot of fun doing it, um, don't be afraid to try it. Um, also, don't think you're going to have all the time in the world to do it. Um, because if that's your approach, you might not ever get to it. It's similar to my Marvel story. Um, and the power of now, like really, there's something you want to do to start now, whether it's putting in three hours a week or three hours a day, like you want to get some traction, get some momentum going. Um, and if you love it, it won't, all that hard work will pay off. And it's going to make a huge difference in how you enjoy your life. All right. Okay, so finally, we reached the main event of the podcast and also of the whole weekend and this was a talk that i am sure a lot of people were looking forward to honestly for me it was a surprise on how much this talk resonated with me but man i'm talking about lauren sai she just really you know gave us something special and i'm so thankful to be there for it so i want to share that with with you guys today but first, here's some background on people who don't know who Lauren Sai is. Lauren Sai is a multidisciplinary artist working through animation, illustration, directing, and acting, whose work is an exploration of themes such as escapism and fantasy. So Sumika Cha is at Terra's house, and she has like a small acting career too with some Netflix films, but 
really what we were highlighting in this talk was her illustration. She is such a gifted artist with such like a wise approach to her art and I really learned a lot. I thought it could be fun today to share. Uh, I think this is as far back as my internet footprint goes. Perhaps it was a little bit further, but I think the year was 2009 and I was 11. Um, I actually got my start with art on YouTube. So Lauren's talk was special because she was especially honest and vulnerable with the crowd. And this was her first public speaking event, you know. And she shared an early example of something she made when she was 11. So that's what she was talking about in that clip. It was her first footprint on the internet. And it was just a nice starting point. To see, you know, how an artist can evolve throughout the years. It's very relatable, actually. Um, she also talked about what the internet was like at the time. She used to post a lot on deviant art, and it was a place where a lot of people just anonymously shared their work, and it was a very supportive place that was genuinely there for connection. And it was just nice to see that that's the landscape that she grew up in as an artist. The next thing that she shared was her art as her, her solace, or her special safe space. And that was her sketchbook. And she was actually flipping through pages of her sketchbook and showing us um, what felt like her diary. You know? It was such a personal space and we really appreciated it. But she talks about the sudden attention she got from being a celebrity. You know? she Suddenly on Terrace House and her life changed. And she said that a lot of people were telling her who she was, you know, and her being this impressionable young woman, you know, it was very difficult for her. But her sketchbook became her solace. Now it was a way to process events in her life. These are some pages again for 2016. My work started to change a lot this time into this sort of a style that. If I laid out everything, it makes sense to me, the progression of the work, but I felt there was a lot that I couldn't quite understand that was going on with me, so my sketchbooks are always a place where I could process that into me became more and more a part of my life. Part of, um, it became this constant thing in my life that I depended upon. Sketching for me felt like I was moving forward, if anything. So it became this practice to me that felt necessary for my emotional regulation as well. So in a lot of these pages, um, basically all of them are just for myself and are for the purpose of communicating with people things that I felt like I couldn't say. Ang ganda eh, no? Sometimes language really fails us and that's like the usefulness of art. No? It's a way to express emotion and express things that you can't really put into words and that really shows with Lauren's sketchbook you know? and also I want to make the highlight about making art for yourself you no know? I think we're kind of used to having to publish or share art you know to promote yourself or something but it's like a pure intention into art and just indulging that necessity to create it's really beautiful the next point that I wanted to highlight was your approach to commitment as an artist. And 
she was able to illustrate this by talking about a recurring character that she was drawing since she was 19. And this is the character Astrid. So you, you might see her in her work or she's like this um, short-haired lady with like big round eyes. But it's a creation that she got really excited by and she kept drawing her over and over again. And that led to this really nice insight where she said that a commitment to art is just as important as your passion for it. Kind of on the topic of committing to a dream that I had wanted to talk about here is, I don't know at what point it was. I felt that I had always committed since I was young, but I think committing in your more conscious adult state is a very different thing. And I realized a couple of years ago that commitment for me was just as important as passion because passion is something that I don't think you lose it for something that you truly love. I think it will always come back to you if you search for it and you give yourself the chance to find it. But commitment means that I'll show up every day for my dream, regardless of having passion for it. So I decided to commit to this because I realized that sketching and drawing in this world that I felt like I was slowly, slowly piecing together was the one constant I had in my life. Yeah, I, I really love that. It's about showing up every day for your dream. No? That's, that's commitment. And what a mature insight for an artist, no? Um, you still do it despite the days where you feel like you don't have to do it or you don't feel like doing it. And it shows that success isn't just reliant on talent and passion, but it's really a commitment to put in the work as much as you can. So the next thing that she did was really cool. It was a free drawing session. So she just, she was like, okay, guys, I'm, I'm done showing my works and I'm just going to draw and like talk to you guys. And it was such a special moment. They, they put a camera over her shoulder while she was drawing on her sketchbook. And she was being so real, you know, so vulnerable and honest, talking to thousands of people while sketching. And it was fascinating to see her artwork evolve into this thing of beauty. You know, parang unan di mo masyadang gets yung ginagawa niya. And then the whole picture comes to light and it's like oh my god she's so good and i also noticed that she holds her pen in this very unique way and you know so much wisdom just came out of this stream of consciousness i have been working on a project of mine secretly for the past few years that's not it, it wasn't for the reason that it needed to be secret but just that i liked that it was mine and i liked that that was mine until i shared it because i had the advice once or someone i really respect told me once that once you share characters, once they're out there, you have to be okay with them not being yours anymore. They belong to everyone. And that's a beautiful thing, but it's also something I don't think you ever need to rush into. Yeah, so I like what she said there, where you don't need to rush into sharing your artwork. And that's kind of like a counterculture thing to do, as like I said, in Instagram culture, where artists have to share for visibility. But you know what? There's some things that you can just keep to yourself. You know, no need to rush into it. The next thing that she talked about was losing passion. Because she talked about that. Eh, parang may mga moments though, or eras where she just couldn't access the same passion she had from before. Um, well, first she talked about opposing apathy. No? Parang, you know, try not to be apathetic about everything. But she talked about this one piece of advice that really resonated. Um, and I, I probably had this happen 
three or four times now at this point, which I felt like I've completely lost passion. I wanted to stop drawing at points. I wanted to delete my Instagram and give up or feel that I'm just going to go live on a farm or something. But <laughs> so I don't know. I don't, I don't have much advice, but I guess that is the truth that I really, really want to say is that as long as you're putting yourself into your work, whether it's just a little bit or it's a lot or it feels like all of yourself and that's terrifying, you cannot go wrong. And I think now more than ever with the way that things are changing and how scary and terrifying that might feel, I really, really strongly believe that if you're putting yourself into your work, that that is only going to bring you closer to um, doing something that will reach everyone in probably unexpected ways. Wow. So, you know, I was I was really floored when I listened to that. I, I put an asterisk in my notes and really double underlined it. But, you know, that really spoke to me. It's really everything I've been trying to find in my own work and in this podcast. You know? And she was able to articulate it so well. You know, as sometimes it feels like you want to give up. But as long as there is truth in your work, as long as you're putting yourself into that work, you know, you, you really can't go wrong. No? And she really lives that. And I saw it in the art that she was making in that moment. So that was really nice to hear. So, and at this point, she just kept drawing and we were just in awe of the image on the screen. And there were just like quiet moments where she just kept drawing and she wasn't talking. It was a really special moment. Um, but someone did ask, so she started taking audience Q&A and someone asked, what do I do with imposter syndrome? And this is what she said. It's difficult, I think. At least for myself, I feel imposter syndrome quite often, and it's something I've lived with for the past many years. And I wonder where it comes from, and it comes from this idea that there is some correct way to do things. I think I don't. I think I try to not force myself to overcome it, but just make space to acknowledge it and feel it. At this point. And like it's, you have to do things despite that rather than wait till you don't feel it. I think it's a very, very important thing because you can't wait till the moment you feel confident to do something. You just feel confident after you do those things and after you do those things despite having imposter syndrome. Right. So that spoke to me, you know, imposter syndrome, hindi nawawalayan. You just kind of have to make space for it. You acknowledge those negative feelings and still do the work despite those feelings okay so lastly I know I've been sharing a lot of Lauren quotes but this is a this is a good one where we get a lot of questions on the pod about sharing your work you know sometimes people ask cringing it's sobrang cringy to share your own work but it's something that you have to do and Lauren also grappled with these questions too so this is how she answered it and I'm just going to copy that answer from now on every time someone asks me. I think in terms of overcoming that, it's just that I have felt that I want to find the people who are meant for me. And not everyone's going to be meant for me. Not everyone's going to like my work. Not everyone's going to think what I do is interesting at all. So people are going to hate it or whatever. But I at least want to find the people that are meant to find me. And they're not going to find me unless I put my work out there. So that's very, that for me is a huge motivator because why would I choose the other way, you know? 
Yeah, so with that answer, I was also kind of reminded on why I put in a lot of work on this podcast. You know, it's something that I felt kind of cringy doing too when I started this years ago. Like, why am I gonna, you know, do a podcast or something? But tamatong sinabi ni Lauren, eh, you know, the, um, no one's gonna find your work or find the things you have to say unless you put it out there. And I guess all of you who are listening to this podcast, you know, it's you're the people who I guess I was meant to reach out to and I feel that that's like a really cool special connection that I'm happy to have in my life okay so let's wrap it up with Ingrid and Ingrid is a creative from the Casey community who I got to interview after Lauren's talk and like me it really resonated with her she Lauren I just drew for us live well sharing her artwork and talking about her career. And I, um, can you tell us about that experience and na uh, you ka ba to, to keep drawing and illustrating? I cried. I cried, sorry, Lauren, if you're listening to this, but I, I, I don't know. Ano, I, I really thought, at sa simula pa lang, I really thought you were just a celebrity. I'm sorry. Pero nung nakita ko yung big billboard art mo sa labas ng Graphica Manila dito sa, dito sa convention parang wow ang dark and it's my thing yun yung thing ko I love dark kasi I'm into horror movies I'm into horror art and right now I'm into horror movies so ang gusto kong gawin is to draw monsters and yung nakita ko yung ginagawa mo it's kind of the same but you have an original character so ayun sobrang natouch ako and sobrang inspire ako. I feel like after the second day, parang it's the world telling me na talaga to jump. Like you device video and then now Lawrence I parang ano pa baing ang kailangan mo para ano pang sign ang kailangan mo to jump into what you really wanna do in life. Ayan. So ang ganda ing. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I hope you really get to pursue that that artistic and creative momentum you got from the talk and i hope you know some of you guys who listen to this too and na relate diba? just go for it diba? Ano pang nyo? so take that leap of faith now okay so let's wrap it up with the final talk from timothy goodman um here's a quick intro on who timothy goodman is timothy goodman is a versatile and multidisciplinary artist known for his diverse body of work Tim has worked as an art director and designer, contributing to projects for major clients and brands. His design work often exhibits a bold and expressive style, characterized by hand-drawn elements, vibrant colors, and a touch of humor. Okay, so some highlights to me for Tim's talk was he started with this nice insight where he said, making a living as an artist is a modern miracle. And, you know, that's something I try to remind myself every day that, you know, I'm swear to that I get to do filmmaking as a job, and it's it's really cool. And you know, I think maybe some artists need to hear that too. No, it's, it's nice to get find gratitude for what you do as a living. No, um, it was also entertaining to hear Tim's history and how he got into design. He said that he would look at all these bands and hip hop artists and be drawn to their logos. Now, that's something I resonate with too. You know, Shepard music was an early avenue for artistic stuff for me and there's just something about all these logos now of different musicians that opened up a world of design questions 
And something also that was relatable was how he forged his school documents before and kind of taught him how to be a designer, you know, forging a tardy slip. Uh, yung mga kalokohan mo ng bata ka parang nagiging something creative down the line. So, another highlight for me was his... And another highlight for me was this anecdote he shared when he was a young designer working for a publishing company where he would make two kinds of book covers now for his employer. And he talked about the idea of one for them, one for you. And I'm sure makaka-relate kayong mga nag-work sa advertising sa ganito. But I learned something in acting. They say, you know, uh, do one for them, do one for you. Do one for them, do one for you. So for every shitty cover that I had to do, I would do something more artful. I would do my own cover that I thought was, was and I would present that to the art director. And maybe 10% of the time, one of these went through. But that's what I knew as a, as a young designer. You know, I had a voice and I wanted to try to push that through. Ayun, so that resonated with me as someone who is hired to use my creative skill set for clients. You might not approve or do not approve. But, you know, we still need another avenue to express our voice. But it just takes extra effort and that depends on you if you want to make two versions of the same thing. But I guess that also applies to passion projects, you know, tying it back to what Acid House was talking about before. Yeah. And another highlight that he shared was how he discovered the Sharpie, you know, the marker pen, because that was the instrument that would define his style. And he talks about, you know, sometimes you might need to change the tool every now and then to discover what tool you really like. And he quoted Miles Davis, and it was a quote that I, I really loved. It. I, I wrote it down and made a mental note to check out more Miles Davis quotes. But Miles Davis said, that it takes a long time to sound like yourself. You know, of course, he's talking about playing music, but, you know, as a master jazz musician, you can apply that to your own style too, no? So you can be patient, you know? Even me as a filmmaker, I feel like it's taking me a while to really find what my own voice is, and that's okay. Okay, and then lastly, to end things, um, I ako ng Q&A. Okay, and lastly, to end things, nagsumit ako ng question dun sa open Q&A, which I realized I should have done earlier. I should have done that to Lauren. Oh my gosh, I missed that opportunity. But I sent a question about failures, a question that I'm sure a lot of you already recognize. But I asked that to Tim. And let's hear his answer. Okay, Quantum Creatives Podcast asks, how have failures or perceived failures impacted your work or success? It's like if a failure is, is just going to benefit you later, you know? So, also, like, we're, we're creative people. We're really dramatic, you know? So, like, how, how bad is the failure? I don't know. You know, it's like, you, said, yeah. you guys agree with creatives being dramatic? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But also, I do want to say, you know, as creatively, we want to like, it's really important to acknowledge that, like, we're constantly being critiqued. In a way, you know, you're critiqued by your professor, you're critiqued by your art director, you're critiqued by your audience, in my case, you're critiqued by a client, your current. And then I think it's, it, 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 I would miss to say that after 10 years of that, 15 years of that, 20 years of that, that doesn't play out in our psyche. So it's no wonder that so many highly creative people that deal with anxiety and 
anxiety or mental health issues. Okay, so I'll just leave you with Joshua, one of our KC community members, talking about his takeaways from this last talk. Things sobrang goofy niya, and goofy din ako sa person, sobrang bubbly, uh, introverted, pero pag, kapag uh, passion na yung pinag-uusapan, sobrang lumalabas yung kulit. So, yun, key topic na nakuha ko from, from Graphica is start, start, Start. Yeah. Hindi, hindi, hindi pwedeng fuck lang. You need to do something dun yeah. sa thought mo. Alright. So, that was it, guys. I hope you enjoyed this Graphica Manila 2024 episode. We put a lot of work into it, and I hope it gives you value and good vibes. So, that was it. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Please remember that we really love it when you guys engage with the content and social media. Feel free to tag us in your stories and share anything you've learned about these episodes. We super appreciate it when you guys do that. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Kwentong Creatives and on TikTok at kcreatives.geo. It isn't no, no, no.